You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. It is morning again. Second week in a row in the morning time. I always wait until the last second to do something important and uh, looking for lunch options ahead of time because we all forgot to take meat out. We are. <laughs> so I, I'm just saying. We all forgot for about four months in a row now. Yeah, so they're <laughs> delivering food now and Melinda apparently didn't know until today, even though we ate tacos on Saturday that were delivered. I mean, I thought he was like being... Naughty by delivering. <laughs> you or- naughty taco. <laughs> Delicious, but naughty. Yeah, so it opened at 10 o'clock. Anyway, so I guess we're having pizza for lunch today. Everybody good yes. with that? Yep, you good with that? No? Nope. All right. So, yeah, everybody good? Everybody healthy? Safe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, those are the only two questions I think I have. Um, <laughs> what did we talk about last week? <laughs> uh, vision. So, <laughs> yeah, vision. I've been like I'm doing a thing on confession, like confessing our sins to God, confessing our sins ones another, so one to another. So that's all I could think about. I was like, I know we didn't talk about confession last. You week. said a thing. Are you talking about like a devo or a message prep or? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's definitely like a like a, a reflection thing. The things we do on Sunday, okay, like sharing or whatever. But then also. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I compile a ton of information and then I I bring I like I write just write it's it's chaos. I write down like a ton of thoughts. Like here I have thoughts on here on my computer and then I consolidate all the thoughts in one page, and then I kind of reorganize them. And obviously the minutes we shoot for, or the minutes the videos we shoot for three to five minutes, so it doesn't all. And so I have all this excess information of these topics and stuff. And I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do with it, but it's there. So how have you found the adjustment from going to doing a 25-minute sermon on a Sunday to doing a two, three-minute video? It's, it's hard. It's a lot harder. I mean, like, because, like, so I think, and this is good. We're not even talking about this today, but this is good. <laughs> um, That's a good question. No, I think, like, so there are a lot of holes in, in church culture here, like, uh, as far as what we believe and knowing what we believe. And that's everywhere, really. Like, there's so many... Um, there's so many people that don't know what they believe, right? And so what, hap- what happens is people grow up and believe in a certain thing and they go to church, they love church, I love church, but they don't really know what it means to love Jesus. And so they grow up in this thing and when, when their faith is tested, it fails hmm. consistently. And then at the end of this, either they are no longer living as believers and pursuing Jesus or they are blindly blind zombies sitting in the pew. And so, like, I try to speak to certain situ. Like, we talked about conf- we talked about confession to God last week. Like, what's the what is confessing, calling sin, what it is? I think we've talked about it on the, here before at some point. Calling sin, what it is, just saying what it is, and um, and then also being in agreement with God that your sin is a sin instead of all the excuses like I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. Well, it's just that you know, none of that stuff or whatever. And so, speaking to that, but then trying to make a complete idea. Mm. I mean, obviously not, it can't, you can't go to the depths of it because you can do a 10-week series on confession. And so, but trying to complete a simple idea while incur- being encouraging, but also challenging um, people's current misunderstanding or beliefs of it. And, and we're in a, uh, a Catholic culture as well. Mm-hmm. So, so we did part one, part two. So part two is going to be more confessing one to another. And then I had to, I put an asterisk to remember to make it clear that the importance of confession to another is not for forgiveness of sins because there's a lot of people yeah. with that, right? And it's, it's not trying to give a low blow to the Catholic Church. We just don't believe that. It's not biblical that I have to confess to a person. Now, and then you also have the historical thing of it. So you say, where did, where did confession start to leaders and that stuff? Well, it started like when J- James, in James 5, 16, he talks about confessing your sins once and praying for one another, whatever. And what it used to be is when the when the primitive primitive church no that's, that's an insult isn't it when the original church the first early church that's mm-hmm. what we say the early church they had like small meetings and stuff and so if I'm in sin I would come before the body of believers and I would confess like guys I've been struggling with this it was small it was like small group 
was bigger, but it was like small group. It had that feeling. Everybody's a believer. Everybody knows. But what happened was, is people, when Christianity started blowing up more and more and more, more visitors, what we call them now, would come, people, outsiders would come in and they would be listening. And so now it's no longer a safe zone for me. I don't want to confess to everybody. Like, cause I don't even know Samuel who lives down the street or Bobby who, you know, I don't, I don't even know them. So I don't want to confess to them. And so you have, you know, um, so now I would, so then you, they started confessing to just the leaders of the church and which is really more or less kind of what you do. Now we don't limit it to leaders, but we do, uh, promote confessing to, uh, mature believers. So you have all that information that it just took me seven minutes to say, <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? So I have to pick it all out and put it into a three minute thing. And so, yeah, it, it, it's a lot harder because mm-hmm. at the, like 25, 30 minutes, I can like find a rhythm and even writing it is easier yeah. because I don't have to cut so much out. I can just, but on these three minute things, I'm like, okay, what do I have to say? That's why it takes me so long to do it. Like it, it, it's a lot of work for me mm-hmm. to do it because there's so much stuff to say. And it's like, okay, it's not finding what to say. It's, it's weeding it out and then making it flow. And so it's not just a random hodgepodge of ideas. Confession is this, confession is that, you know? You want to flow and be whatever. So it's it's a, it's I don't, it's not been a tough transition. There are way tougher things in life, mm. but it's just, it's it's a challenge. It definitely is a challenge for sure. What are you gonna say? Uh, I was just gonna say that I, I did. I mean, obviously it was intentional because you spent a lot of time on those things. But I tried to like pick out a quote that kind of summarizes everything mm-hmm. that you spoke about in the video, and then type up a graphic for our Facebook page. But this past week, I mean, it was like. La iglesia no se trata de esto, se trata de eso. So it's like... But it w- they don't speak Spanish if they're listening. What? You just said that in Spanish and the people, the listeners don't speak Spanish. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry. So you gave like a lot of different <laughs> points. <laughs> sorry. And then, then, then didn't get it, I right? Like, like, <laughs> Rudy's laughing like, yo, why is she speaking in Spanish? Rudy's like, I understood her. Uh, <laughs> so you said like different points about what the church is and what the church should not be or isn't um and and it was like so many good quotable things and i was just like this is really good like how did he come up with all of this really good stuff in such a short amount of time but i thank you for the confidence (laughs) the vote of confidence i mean i I think you always say something that's really good let me back (laughs) (laughs) it's too late you're already uh but this one was just like jam-packed you know with a bunch of different really good one-liners that i could have used and like but the thing the frustrating thing is is the the ones that i feel are the best and more jam-packed are the ones that people don't really care to see that much Mm. but it's honestly because it's convicting right when you say this stuff it's convicting no one wants to hear it Mm. if i say cute little stuff like we need to read our bibles more and just which we do but if i just make it this general thing of yay a very easy thing you're like yeah but if i and, and like the people that share the stuff is a very polarizing group. So the if I say we need to read our Bibles more, it is the the um, traditional, more conservative Christian crowd that is going to share that. Mm. If I say we need to love uh, our neighbors better, it is the people that don't even go to church are sharing sure. that. <laughs> and so it's like people only like watch and support what they feel like. Which I'm, that's the whole idea is trying to break that because I think people when they watch they can watch two videos in a row and they're like oh, I really like this. And then I'll say something to hurt their feelings, more or less. Not, I don't say it to hurt their feelings. I'll say something that, yeah, that hurts their feelings. Mm. Or that, like, it goes against their grain or whatever. And then now it's kind of like whatever. But I, I, think, I, I think that's a representation of what the church is supposed to be. Not hurting people's feelings. But, like, we don't, it's not to please anybody. It's just speaking truth. And sometimes what you do or what you believe already naturally is going to line up with truth, but other times it's going to cause you, it's going to push you and motivate you to grow. And we don't like that. We like when we're already like, yeah, that's right. See, I've been saying that for years. I told them, you know, mm-hmm. and we get people that share it and they say, I've told, I told my friends this. And then the next week say something that maybe is for them more, you know, like it's something that they, they're weak in an area they struggle in and there's no support there for it. So yeah, it's been it's been fun. It's it's interesting. I like I am when we go back to preaching and stuff though. Like I think I don't know. Like I don't know if that's going to be hard now or is it go- not preaching? You know, but like preparing a whole sermon or is it going to be like oh finally yeah finally free <laughs> just get up and talk like, get comfortable people yeah, yeah. guys 
haven't been to church in four months. So uh, <laughs> you can take a long service today. <laughs> a three and a half hour sermon out to him. So yeah, that's been interesting. But yeah, tough. Anyways, that's Simon's cue when he leaves. <laughs> if you're hanging out with Simon ever in your life and he goes like this, hits his legs twice, like he's about to leave. So. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's good to warm people. Warming his legs up to get ready to get out. Yeah. Anyways, so today, what we wanted to talk about, what else we wanted to talk about, because we've already had a good deep conversation, um, is we want to talk about reviewing and evaluating uh, your mission or your, your, your ministry or, you know, whatever. Um, when is a good time to review, uh, review, or how often should you review, review, how often should you review and reevaluate things and restructure things? And what does that process look like? So, all right. So we'll start from the top, right? You going to, I mean, <laughs> <You're good. laughs> I was going to have Simon host this, this conversation today, but <laughs> that didn't work out. <laughs> I, I, I'll just do it. All right. So, all right. What does that look like? What is reevaluating? And we'll, oh, let's just start. What does it mean? What is? I mean, we know what literally the word means, but in the context of ministry, what is that? What does that look like? Reevaluating and uh, reviewing and evaluating is what it says. I keep adding a re on there. So. I think you. The only way to review and reevaluate is to first recognize what your goals were. Mm. So. Um, so it goes back to last week's talk. Yeah. Yeah. It goes back to what <clears throat> what you are setting out to accomplish. And um, and then deciding, I guess, how often you want to do it. I remember there was a time where we decided we would do that every six months or a year. I can't remember. No, we did like we did big evaluations every six months. It was just us though. Like we just did it right. between it us. Like so big crazy. evaluations every six months, and then like small evaluations three months, and then every year it was like, all right, like even bigger, mm. you know, which is still every six months. So whatever. But yeah. Um, End of the year is when a lot of people tend to do it, I guess, you know. Yeah. But you're, that's a good point we made is because, I, like, we had a camp here a couple of years ago, a youth camp for our church. And we had meetings and stuff about how to do, um, you know, or, okay, what are we going to do at the youth camp? We're going to do this. We're going to do that, whatever. And, yeah, we did the camp. It was over. And we came back and had a follow-up meeting, which was a good idea. But asked, okay, what do you think? Of the, what did you guys think of the camp? And half of the people were like, oh, it was awesome. And the other half were like, oh, I don't think it was good. And my point was like, everybody's right. Everybody's right. Everybody's right and everybody's wrong. Like, it was, because we didn't have any goals. We had no vision. We had no, so who's to say it was good? How, do you, how can you determine it's good if you didn't, what was the goal? If the goal was literally just going and having a camp and having people on, the, then it was a great success. Mm-hmm. But if the goal was like, I don't, like to pour back into the church, I don't know, whatever, I don't, whatever, then we don't, it, then it wasn't a success. But we, we did not have any goals or whatever before we went. So I don't, I, you can't say it's a waste. That's an, I, I'm ex- a little bit extreme like that, but you can't say that. That's a little extreme. However, like you don't, you just don't know. And so how can you evaluate something like you're saying if you didn't have a vision or goals to begin with? And so I think that's an important place is um, evaluating your goals. Have we have we reached these goals or are we reaching? Because some goals are just long term and you may yeah. never, you know, reach it or whatever. Um, I mean, in your lifetime, but you're pushing the church towards a direction that's bigger than you and your life order. But yeah, definitely like identifying your goals and stuff. I think is a good starting point before you even like. All right, let's, like <laughs> yeah, let's review. All right, we're doing great. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like well, what 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 were we trying to do again? Uh. Well, I think a lot of us do that. Like we set out for a main goal. I want this year to be successful. I want to reach as many people as I can. And then you, when you review it, it's like, yeah, I did good. I did okay. I could do better. But it's not like, um, uh, what is it called when you can measure something with numbers and hard? Yeah, I know you're talking about um, not, uh, tangible is not the tan- word. but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say cumulative, but that's just yeah. another mad, math word. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, yeah, it's... it's Concrete, Concrete, like way yeah. to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so um, so I think a lot of us probably plan differently. Some people, and I think it's you who taught me, you know, with my many weight loss goals. Um, <laughs> I 
every every Monday I'm like on a new diet. Uh, he would uh, say like, well, how do you plan to get there? Not just with diet, let me clarify, but with any goal that I have. Like, okay, that's your that's your big goal, but what are your steps that you plan to take? So, um, I think if you have a, a broad goal, evaluating every six months or yearly would be great. But if you have a very detailed goal, you can do that every day. So it just depends on how you. But that how you plan. That's the check. Like, and not probably going off track here, but that's the thing, isn't it? Who doesn't? I don't know one person in my entire life that doesn't have a big goal. Mm-hmm. I don't know one. And so, like, that's not even commendable to have big goal and big dreams. What's commendable is to like discipline yourself to take to make smaller goals to lead you to the big goal. Because yeah. I think on January first, we'll hear it. You know, mm-hmm. oh, I want to lose fifty pounds this year. Uh, oh yeah. And, like, no real goal. And then they automatically eat better and go to the gym. What do you mean eat better? Eating better can mean eating more potato chips and eating more ribs and more, you know, fried chicken, whatever. And it's eating better in a way. Like, you can't – you have to really break it down as far as you can into the most babiest of steps. And to the – like, even – yeah, you're looking at a year's worth of of results that you want to see. But then you need to break that down to months, to weeks – to days, to minutes and seconds if possible. Okay, how can I, what do I have to do this very second to start accomplishing the goal by next December 31st? And I think a lot of people don't do that. They're like, how many young people when you're, I want to be a millionaire. By 21. Yeah, which it's it's possible, <laughs> but okay. And like, that's the end of the conversation. It's like, well, that's never going to happen if you, or, you know, I want to reach, I want to reach millions of people all over the world. Oh, Okay. How you gonna do? Well, God's gonna, like, you know, and so it definitely breaking it down into as as much as possible. I think we're not even at the reviewing stage; we're at the viewing stage. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but yeah, definitely breaking it down as much as possible and having realistic goal. Like when I say realistic goals, I don't mean your long term goal because realistic goal for anyone, no one would ever set out to be a billionaire if we're setting realistic goals because it's not realistic. I mean, really, but what makes any goal, any big goal realistic is the, any big, huge, unrealistic goal, what makes it realistic is a bunch of realistic steps, like tiny action steps that you can take all the way up to there. And it's a long journey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you got to count the cost before you do it and stuff. So step one before is just making sure that you even have, before we're talking about review, I guess it's just step one Mm -hmm. is to make sure that you have a view (laughs) to review when you get, we're in agreement there then. All right, so then let's say we do have a goals, visions, dreams, hopes, write downs, whatever, you know, you have, whatever. What does it look like? Okay, now we review. What does that look like? What is that? What is that? Is it like a, I don't, I mean, I'm asking. I have my things, but what do you think? So for, for the organization I'm in, um, I don't know what the, what the process is for uh, longer term members, but uh, for the shorter term members, myself, uh, it's every six months, and it's a document that you have to fill out. And it's it's uh, what's the word? It's a long document. It's like yeah. 30, 40 pages worth of document. Um, not pages, questions. I was um, like, holy. Yeah, moly. that's an essay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it and uh, in that it covers it covers all the different areas. It covers your own personal life, your spiritual life, um, and then also the the work that you're involved in. Uh, to review, and that's every six months. Um, and the first first one where I did it, I was like, oh yeah, no, this is good. And then six months comes really quickly. Um, and you're kind of like looking back. And it was like, man, was that six months ago? That I, like you're sitting there, I'm filling it in again. And it feels like I just filled this in a month ago. Mm. Um, so six months comes along really quick um, <clears throat> when, it, when you do that. And I think sometimes you can find yourself like being a bit disheartened if you look back at it and you go, oh man, not much has changed in that six months in this area. Or that, uh, <laughs> Wait until your next one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the next one's going to be even, even more tragic. <laughs> Six months just in quarantine. But, yeah. um, no, uh, I can't remember what I was going to say now. Sorry, it's my fault. It's okay. <laughs> <That's> my fault. <laughs> it's completely gone. Yeah. So, all right. So you, so you do you, every six months you do a review and it's mm. an in-depth review every six months. Yeah. So that's on, uh, um, organizational, organizational yeah. level. Yes. Yeah, so that right? goes, yeah. Oh yeah. That, that goes, um, so it's me first. So I write it and complete it. Um, it then goes to uh, the person in charge of me. Mm-hmm. Um, she then looks over it. Um, I think she she comp- she sends out emails to you 
mm-hmm. Rudy and another guy that I work with, San, mm-hmm. um, and ask you to complete a little feedback form mm-hmm. or whatever it is um, on me. Um, and then she puts my review and that together, reads over it, makes comments on it. And then her comments get sent to the, I think it gets sent to the, the guy who's in charge of the whole Bolivian team. Mm-hmm. Um, and they get sent to the UK office. And then from the UK office, they get sent to my sending church. Uh, so they get an insight into what's going on as well. So it gets sent around yeah, yeah. to a bunch of different people. Which I think is good as it includes a lot of people in your review. Mm-hmm. Kind of sees, sees what's going on and like enables people to... Um, I, you know, I think in the right order, have the in- mm. input, you know what I mean? People that like, and it sounds like kind of weird, but like people that are here first can have input cause they mm-hmm. can see you and they, you know, they yeah. kind of know the situation, understand it a little bit better. And, um, just, yeah, allowing people to have the input and stuff on that. Has, has that been helpful for you to be, even though, you know, it's a lot of work or whatever, has it been helpful for you to be able to do that? Yeah, I think so. And just uh, kind of keep you. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long task, but it is, it does help you think over things cause I mean, this is coming on to another point. Um, reviewing for me doesn't come that naturally. Mm-hmm. Like I can, when something goes wrong, I tend to review it a lot more. But when something goes right, I'm quite quick to just move on. Yeah. Um, and, you know, whatever comes next comes next. So just to take some time to stop and think, okay, no, this six months have been good. Uh, we have done this. So I have grown in that area. We have been able to do this. Uh, just stop and make time for that. And just to kind of like write out what the last six months have been like, good or bad. Um, it's a useful activity for sure. I do. Uh, I know that something a lot of sh- missionaries struggle with. I would say I can only speak for women because in my personal conversations with other female missionaries, it's been brought up several times. But like dealing with uh, a lot of times having to um, review like that so tedious is a lot of pressure for people and it causes a lot of stress for for people. And so they they are forced to. Uh, perform, do things just so that they have something to mm-hmm. write about. Do you ever find yourself doing that? Um, not so much here. I know what you. I know what you're saying. We, so we had to do for my university degree. We had to do a. Um, it was a, a practical module, um, and you had you had certain goals. You couldn't set the goals. There were set goals that you had to achieve mm-hmm. by the end of the year. And so, in like the final two months, you did find yourself sat down with this list of going, "Okay, I, I have to do that. I have to do that. I have to do this," just so I could tick it off. The bot, and it felt so fake. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. all of it, I was just like, uh, uh, "Be intentional about resolving conflict." And so yeah. you're going around trying to find a conflict. So you, <laughs> yeah. you're pushing so, people yeah. on purpose. <laughs> like, <laughs> fight, fight, fight! <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, break it up, break it up, man! Yeah. Go take that Jesus one out. Love you both. <laughs> yeah. Break it up, break it up. So, uh, yeah, that was so. Yeah, in in that sense, it that that felt fake. But it's because I wasn't setting my own goals. They were goals that were set for us, and we had to achieve. These were just the criteria that we had to meet. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, in that sense, that felt that felt fake. Um, And you had to just trying to live up to these these tick boxes that they wanted us to complete. Yeah, I know. With some organizations, we have tick boxes. We uh, how many um, salvations this month, how many water baptisms, Holy Spirit baptisms, you know, de- de- depending on the organization you're with, you know, they have these different boxes that require numbers and a certain result, you know. Um, and so I know for, for a lot of people, it was it's stressful to have to, quote, unquote, produce those numbers and produce those results for, for um, their churches or organizations in order to be held accountable, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I know that the intentions are good, you know, you want to see where the church's monies are going or where your donor's money is going. Mm. Um, but on the other end, it's, it could be stressful for, for the person who has to re- do these reports every six months or yeah. every, every month or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. it's not, you know, and I think sometimes we can hide behind it as an excuse or we might try and use it to be lazy, but some things just take longer. Like mm-hmm. some relationships just take months to build. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I mean, for the guy that I work with at football, it must have taken us six, seven, eight months before mm-hmm. we were on a good working relationship uh, where he trusted me and I was, you know, I trusted him more. Um, and that, and so that takes time. So when you have to fill in a report, like, how is your relationship with your coworkers? Like, first month, uh, not great. Six months later, uh, still not great. But then all of a sudden, like, a few, even like three, four months later than that, okay, things are now starting to click. Mm-hmm. But when you write that on a piece of paper to those who aren't in this situation, who those who don't know the people involved, that just seems like, man, why is it taking seven months for him to make a, yeah. a good working relationship with that yeah. person? Um, so on paper, it can tell a completely different story. And I think that's where the stress comes from. Is It's mm. like, okay, I know what this situation is, but the way that I have to put it down on paper could be misinterpreted um, into another route. So I think yeah. that's, that's sometimes stressful. <coughs> 
and it's it's necessary to keep us all on track and stuff. But it is like it's just tough because there's so many moving parts, right? There's people that you live here, then there's people that don't live here, and then there's people that don't live in the country and whatever, which is all necessary, but it's just, it's just complex, you know? Mm. But I think, you know, it's kind of the point of it too. It's just to have layers of accountability and yeah. stuff. And accountability is always inconvenient. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, like, I mean, even in, from the perspective of sin or anything else or like working out or whatever, like it's inconvenient, but that's why you need it. Is yeah. because, you know what I mean? Is it yeah. inconveniences you to step out and focus on something that you naturally would become negligent of, you know what I mean? Unless yeah. you are a person who is super critical of yourself and you need accountability in that too. And that's part of the evaluation process of including other people. It's like, I'm super, I'm super critical of myself. And so when there's other people involved in the process, like really, <laughs> I typically don't need anyone to tell me where I did wrong. I need people to be like, okay, it's not as bad as, <laughs> like, it's not as bad as you're making it. Like, no, you're not the, you know what I mean? Like, you're not stupid, you're not whatever. So, you know, it goes both ways. And I think having those people to kind of counterbalance whatever your natural instinct. And then not people further physically away from you, but people like that are interested in in the work and what you're doing. And so they're unbiased is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're not, they don't hate you. They don't, they love you because we're believers, but like they don't know you well. They can't love you because they don't even, you know. And so just kind of keeping it. And it's frustrating, but it definitely keeps us, you know, go in the right direction and stuff and mm. yeah, like you said that, that's a good point too is some of the stuff takes a long time and you feel like you already notice it takes a long time but when you have people asking you about it then it makes it feel like you know what i mean it's a constant reminder of that it takes a long time and then you start questioning like is it me is it you know am i the problem am i not, am I not doing a good job or whatever and that's not you know sometimes yeah the answer is mm. yeah it's not always the case which um kind of brings it to i uh, yeah so i guess so for you, is it natural to do an ev- ev- like to evaluate yourself and to re- do like a review and stuff like that? Mm. It's natural for me to be critical of myself, which I don't know if that's reviewing or not. But <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it involves criticism, but like I think critical of yourself can be like it. It can be dismissive sometimes of of the unbiasedness in yourself. Like, so okay, did I do this right or did I do this wrong? I did it wrong. <sighs> I'm so dumb. Like, that's not, that's not an evaluation. Mm-hmm. That is, an evaluation is, yes, I did this wrong. Okay, but what do I need to do to get it right? Mm-hmm. And so that makes the process a lot, you know what I mean, bigger yeah. or whatever, even though it hurts and whatever, you know. I think I'm a, a lean more towards, you know, like Simon said, it's not being natural for me. And I think it's not natural for me by choice <laughs> because I don't take not being great at something very well and so it offends me and I could offend myself <laughs> by evaluating like I set out to do this goal and I was a failure and it hurts and so I don't know if I I don't know if I purposefully avoid evaluation or not but no it's not natural for me I don't do it often yeah Go ahead. do you find do you think it's easier to or more natural to evaluate the work that you're doing or yourself on like a personal level so do you think do you think it's easier to be like okay um uh, I wanted to become better at preaching or I wanted the church to grow this many people like the practical things that you're involved in um, or do you think it's easier to be like oh, okay I, you know I want to be less stressed this month or mm. I want to be I want to feel this way or I want to meet the next door neighbors or things like that do you think it's easier to work-wise or life-wise to to review I think it's easier work-wise to to review um, yeah because um I have a lot of outside influence on that. You know, you see my work and some, hey, what do you, I have to always present my work. What do you guys think of this? Which one do you think we should go with? And so hearing outside opinions helps me analyze, okay, I did this well or this didn't work out well. Um, When it's internal stuff, I only have my opinion and my opinion, like you said, could be biased. So it's harder, (laughs) it's harder to to move forward. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to look at yourself like, to view yourself without uh, like un- with any unbiased one way or the other of like favoritism or like just hating yourself like it's mm. it's hard to examine yourself in that way but it's a necessary thing like i, I for me it, it's very natural to evaluate myself and review but like like i don't know yeah it, it it's a very natural thing like i i probably over evaluate myself like every day yeah. i'm probably evaluating <laughs> myself at some point every day and it like that that's not good either so it's not i'm not saying like oh, if i it's, like, it's not good because then it becomes like 
you can't even you don't even get a chance to give something a chance. You know what I mean? Mm. So if I'm not good at something and like I'll try to all right, I'll take time to figure out how I can get better at it. But then in like two days, I'm like evaluating my progress. <laughs> it's like, all right, bro, like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know. And so like I'm over it. And, and, it, and it's not even just being critical, but that does lead to being critical. And it leads to like uh, that can affect your self-confidence, right? Because you feel like you're, con- you're evaluating so much that you're not getting better. Or that you feel like you're not getting better because you so let's say I evaluate five times this week of something it doesn't matter what it is but well i'm not going to get better in a week and so then it's like you know and you get frustrated with yourself and you get down to yourself and i'm not good at it and whatever and i think all these connect with like with working out that's the thing that a lot of people struggle with is like because you get on a scale every day that's exactly what i was thinking of (laughs) get on a scale every day and like into the week and you've lost like three ounces (laughs) you know what i mean and it's like then you feel like man like it's almost like in life, like just stay off the scale for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but definitely, and I guess that's what you're saying is make specific times of, okay, I'm going to get on the scale in, I'm not just talking about losing weight, I'm using it as a, mm-hmm. anyways. Um, but yeah, like, all right, I'm going to, I'm not even going to look. I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to work on this and give yourself a chance to grow and get better and, you know, whatever. And when you do that, because like that, in every area that I've grown in in the past five years, it's an area that I've just put my head down and just start working it. And then I when I like come up for air or whatever, three months or whatever, and I look back, I'm like, oh, I, you know, I've like, I've advanced, I've gotten better and you can notice or whatever. And so I, I think, yeah, I, I'm still a fan of, and everybody kind of different, I'm still a fan of soft evaluations every three months just to be conscious hmm. and not, not to be negligent of some, because some things need to be changed immediately and it's very yeah. obvious. But then uh, a little bit more of a stiff evaluation every six months. I think I'm a fan of that. Um, And I think, but I think the hardest thing about the whole evaluation process is you don't know what's going to, like, especially when you do hard, I'm talking about bigger evaluations, whether six months a year, whatever, is you need to be prepared to, (laughs) uh, to to not to wrestle, to accept the truth. So if we, are some and it's a hard thing because we've been there like if you if we live in a certain like okay let's say we want to uh start a let's say we want to plant a church we're planting a church right here right now okay we need to be careful because we don't need to evaluate too soon we need to be evaluating but not have an evaluation because it it may not grow for a long time Mm. and so let's say you know we have church for three weeks and we're like man no one's coming or whatever you know but on the other side of that, like, we, we start a church and we're doing this church for two, two, three years and we haven't really had an honest evaluation process or review process with ourselves. And now we're continuing to just do something that's not working. Mm. It's just not work. Like, there is a time where you come to and it's like, it's not working. Now, what you do with the it's not working, that depends on you. Do you walk away and quit or, you know, step down or whatever? Or do you say, okay, we need to make some, I need to make some changes in the way that I do stuff. And that really comes down to the Holy Spirit leading you and, you know, uh, knowing what God has called you to do in the first place or being open to even missing it. Like, oh, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing, whatever. I think that's where uh, things get lost in translation a lot is, and even now with the way the world changes is you can do, we can be missionaries for 30 years, but let's see. So that's what 19 years from now, we'll be missionaries for 30 years. So let's say we did we did something for the first 30 years. And at some point when it when it goes well, you stop evaluating. You shouldn't, but that's what happens a lot of times. And so we we see like a lot of um more seasoned mi- uh, ministries and stuff like that and all of a sudden boom, they're irrelevant and they're not and it's it's and I'm not saying that as an insult. I'm saying that as a sad thing because they did well for so long. You see it in, in US churches as well a lot. It's mm-hmm. like the churches that were doing great and they fall into irrelevant ir- irrelevance and why is that it's because they stopped evaluating honestly they stopped having honest evaluations and you know feeling good about themselves and it's it's good to feel good about yourself but you know what i mean like getting to Mm -hmm. a place where they feel like well we're at the top of the game we don't need to make any change and you see it in business as well toys r us you see blockbuster video Mm -hmm. all these places stopped evaluating honestly and they became irrelevant and obsolete essentially and we see the same we don't want that to happen in ministry not because God can't continue on without us, but we can't continue on without him. And if he's called us to do something specific, we want to we want to complete that purpose that he's called us to do. 
And so, but in order to do that, you have to be very honest with ourselves in our evaluations mm. uh, and not become complacent. And we also, we, a lot of times we connect complacency to somebody who's just like a loser and behind, but which is, that, that's true sometimes. Sometimes you become complacent and just being mediocre, but sometimes you be, become complacent in being good, mm. but good in 2020 is not going to be good in 2040. And so we can't be complacent in being the best or good or whatever you want to call it now. You have to be constantly challenging yourself. And that only comes through evaluation of what can I do better? What can I do? Okay, what's growing? How can I reach more and whatever? And it's really kind of a constant state of discomfort because as soon as you get good at something, technology changes or people's interest shifts on something else and they don't. Now you have, you know what I mean? You have to figure out a new way. You have to like constantly be innovating and whatever, even though. Oh, we were so good at this for so long. And then like we've seen, you know, missionaries become um, getting bitter fights with other missionaries because basically they're angry because their, their ministry doesn't work anymore. And, and it was super fruitful uh, ministry back in, you know, I don't know what day or whatever, super fruitful. And unfortunately, time changes so fast now. And it is unfortunate, like that they, because they were doing good and got got like complacent. It really is complacent and their success and their abilities to be able to produce results that time just flew past them. And now they're, you know, in the back, like looking and now they're mad at everybody because they feel irrelevant. They feel left out and left behind, which they are, but it's just, it's just very complex. And so I think, uh, honest evaluations and like committing to that and having, I think that's great. That's why I think it's great that you guys do a six month evaluation. It eliminates any opportunity and involves other people, any opportunity to become like, Oh, yeah, we're the best, and, and you, you know, and that's what you have to be cautious too. And when people start dropping, yeah, we're the biggest church mm-hmm. in Trinidad. Yeah, we're the. You have to be very cautious because that's when complacency is starting to come in. Is mm-hmm. we're the most effective ministry in the whole South America, and those are cool things to recognize, I guess, or whatever yeah. if it's measurable. But you have to be very careful because that stuff mm-hmm. comes in and and really uh, feeds complacency. And complacency is going to get you not just left behind, but you're you're going to be deemed ineffective, like. Mm-hmm. There's always somebody else God is raising up and not to take your place, but God is raising other people up for you to work arm in arm with them as family. But if you're not there to grab arms, they're just going to, I mean, it's going to continue, you know. Yeah, I was going to say that. How important do you feel? I guess what percentage of your evaluation should be um, where you have other people, you're involved with other people, because that accountability is necessary, in, in my mm-hmm. opinion, 100 um, percent versus what you know that God personally has called you to do, and so you have to do your own self-reflection and own self-evaluation. Mm. Like, how? What's the balance there? Because I've I've seen people ministries. We've been part of ministries where um, where their word was was the word, you know. And if you didn't agree, that was it, you know. Um, which I'm not saying that like. You should have people in your circle that are divisive. I'm just saying you should have people in your circle that are different. And, and they're going to tell you the truth. And they're going to be honest. They're not afraid and tell of you. The truth. Correct. Yeah. And so, um, like, in, in your opinions, you know, I, I know sometimes we would just wish, like, oh, I wish so many people didn't have, wasn't a part of this evaluation process. But hmm. what per, percentage-wise, I don't know. I know it's not going to be a, an exact number, but in your opinion, like, how much of, of someone else's review of you and your ministry um, – be and how much of your own self-reflection and review should be part of the process yeah. i think you didn't even have a plan to answer it. like his mouth <laughs> didn't even open like i was gonna Good let question. him so, but I, I so i think this is the importance for for us as believers i think this is the importance of community mm-hmm. is what we were talking about is is being what we were talking about in the beginning with confession and stuff like that is being connected to other believers who you trust and so we see the okay so confession let's go back to that Confess your sins one to another. To who? To just anybody? No, not to just anybody. It's to people who you know are mature believers, who you have made yourself, intentionally make yourself vulnerable to and open yourself up so that they can speak into your life. And we think speaking to your life means you are more than a conqueror. It is that. It is that. You're, you're great. You're going to be good. It is that, but it's also, hey, you're out of control. You need to get, and like, we don't, we don't want that part though. And so a lot of people say, well, I don't know anyone like that. Well, dig in deeper to the local church. Well, there's no one at my local church like that. Well, there's either one problem or another, either you or it's the church and you need to find a new one. one the, well, that's a way different and longer process to figure that out. Cause it t- most of the time it's not the church. It's you. You can't tell me that you go to a church with a hundred people and not one person is trustworthy enough and 
loves Jesus enough, loves, loves you, but loves Jesus more than they love you. So they want God's will for your life more than they want you to be happy with them. You know what I mean? And so I think um, allowing, having those people in our lives in any, t- any process of evaluation is good, I think. Mm. Um, because if it is on personal stuff, if we're being, if we're getting out of control or whatever, we need those, like, we have to hate sin so much that we look, for, we call for backup to mm. confront it. We have to, we have to hate the idea of being prideful and arrogant and whatever so much that we want other people to be involved in this to help us combat this and fight this and whatever. We did a series last year on the shield of faith and we were talking about how the shields are designed to be connected to one another and they, but you watch the same shows I do, so you already know. Like the, the, you, can, you can battle with it by yourself, but they're used to be connected with other shields and it creates a big barrier and it protects us all. Because with the shield, it's about four feet tall. So I'm six foot, six foot one or whatever. So it can't, it, either my feet are gonna be exposed or my head's gonna be exposed. Well, that's the time when I put the shield on the ground and someone comes over me and puts it behind me. Yeah. It still doesn't protect my sight. So now we're, we're, we're all, all of our life, specifically, especially in ministry and everything, we're called to do it in community. And so we, ha- we allow these people to have, and not, again, not anybody who just calls themselves a Christian or believer, but specific like, people that we make a decision who are believers. In, and most of the time in our situation, it's a little bit unique. But most of the time, it should be people from your same local church as well because they're involved. They're getting the same teaching as you and whatever. But they should be able to speak into your life and be able to criticize you, not pick you apart, mm-hmm. not bully you, but be able to criticize you from um, from a, a, a godly perspective and, and, and pushing you. And this is the thing is if they're pushing you, even if you disagree, if their efforts are pushing you more to be like Jesus and the more to be like, you know, to fall in the steps of to, to, not be like God, to uh, be like Jesus, but to worship God and, and to focus on him and everything. I don't care how much it hurts. They're telling you the right thing. Yeah. And so, like, I think in these evaluation processes, whether it's weight loss, whether it's uh, some type of sin, because we, we shouldn't even do secret sin. That it all comes in, you know, in the play on this or whether it's an organization or even choosing a new job. I want to switch my job. Those are things now like, you're going to have different opinions and stuff, but it's not just taking any advice that you hear and running with it, but it's, it's listening to other people and hearing the way that they see the situation and through a gospel lens that they view you in and stuff like that. And I think so allowing these people to have influence in your life, intentionally allowing these people to be a part of your life and a part of, and that is a scary thing. It's intimidating because now you're putting your, what you thought you had control of in other people's hands which is what you're, you never had control in the first place, but you thought you did. And you're putting, you're allowing other people and you're opening yourself up completely for other people to be able to see and criticize and correct. And so we have these little things and it's, it is sin, but like, I mean, it's, it's not like sin. Like I'm not talking about viewing pornography and stuff like that. I'm talking about these little prideful, these little pockets of pride that you have, that you've been holding on to and hugging forever. And when you open yourself to it, they can say, okay, well, what is it that you, and you say, hey, I want to talk. I want I'm thinking about making some changes in my ministry, whatever. Oh, okay, well, what is you think, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've, I've, I've kind of noticed that you've been, pri- you're, you're kind of prideful there. You've been hanging on to it. And, you know, I think that's something that maybe you need to let go. Maybe you should challenge yourself in that. And now we're all, we're going to close back up, but yeah. that's really the opposite of what we're called to do. And so I think allowing these people, again, a scary thing, evaluating them, evaluating their motives first. But then when we see, and they're not perfect either, so recognizing that, but allowing God to speak uh, to us through the love of our community that he's placed us in, that he's called us to, that he's coming back to reconcile us all together and we live forever, eternally with him. We all have this uh, same struggle with sin in common with one another. You know, we understand each other in, in that sense and whatever. And so allowing these people to be a part of our process and a part of our evaluation and, and re- reviewing on, on every level, right? On every level. Were you going to say something? I was just going to say, yeah, I think that's important to find people on the outside because I think so often what could have started out as, if you get the wrong group anyway, what could start out as um, as an evaluation uh, can, can, turn in, can, can turn into either one or two things. It can turn into like an ego-boosting session where mm, everyone's absolutely. just patting everybody's back and saying, oh, no, that's not your fault. That's the outside. Well, you know, oh, it's their fault, not our fault. Um, or it just turns into a really like a bitter group of, oh, you know, well, back in my day, or oh, do you remember when we used to do this? Oh, the gold like that. Mm. So I was part. I grew up in a church. I'm not part of that church now, but uh, whenever I meet people from that church um, and they talk about it, it would generally be the the older uh, congregation uh, that talk to me about it. And the the church is dying out now. Um, 
and they'll, they'll come to be like, oh, do you remember, do you remember the golden years, the golden age? And she's speaking back to when I was a child. Um, and there's, there's still only like eight <laughs> or nine of us uh, that were in that group, but they still view that as like the golden age. Yeah. And I'm 24 now, you know, and the church still hasn't moved on and people are still in that, oh, do you remember the golden mm-hmm. ages? So every time they meet, they're always just like, oh, do you remember the golden ages? Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, you're just living in the past. Like, you know, so you're like trying to review something, but all you're ever reviewing is what happened 20 years ago. Yeah. Like we're not 20 years ago now, we're, we're, we're here where we are. Um, and so I think that's, that's where complacency can can slip in if, if if you just have people like that phrase oh, I'll back you no matter what yes like, yes man or whatever yeah mm-hmm. like, I don't want you to back me no matter what because I'll do really stupid things in the Absolutely. future I'm going to make mistakes I'm going to be prideful about them as well because I don't want to admit that I've made sure. a mistake yeah um, and so I will go running to the people that I know that I'm going to be saying, oh yeah, look, let me tell you about this story. And they go, oh man, that's really bad. You know, I got you back on that one. And then I feel better about myself. Absolutely. But, you know, that hasn't changed anything that hasn't reviewed, hasn't evaluated uh, the situation. It's just made me feel better about my mistake. Um, and I think that's where complacency can, can slip in. If we only look to review with like core people that we know yeah. are going to back us. Um, True. I, I think like we, I didn't think this thought all the way through. So let me, it's gonna. It may be ugly coming out. We'll see. Uh, I'm not gonna edit it out regardless. So, but I think, uh, like as believers, a lot of times we always say we're gonna pray about it and we're gonna spend time seeking, and we should. Hmm. I'm gonna fast. I'm gonna fast. Have you ever fasted? Anyways, fast, and I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna spend time. And we should do that. Um, however, we spend a lot of time like God revealed this to me and blah blah blah. We like we can. F- I'm still thinking about confession. Sorry, this is where my mind's been all week. But we like, we, from that perspective of confession and search me, God, we ask God. We do that with God, but we don't do it with people. And for some reason, with the people in our community, we are way more hesitant, hesitant to, to do that with them than we are with God, which is weird. And it's backwards because they're broken and messed up just like we are. And God is perfect and he's the judge of all. So if we are ashamed to take it to anybody, it should be God. I mean, I'm not saying we should be ashamed, but you know what I mean? The order is messed up. We feel so comfortable confessing our sins to God and to asking God for, you know, like, oh, show me, guide me, whatever. But I think a lot of times when we say that we're not really asking God, we're not really Mm -hmm. confessing to God, we're not really asking God, we're asking us. And we're just using God's name to put over it. And like, as an excuse, right? As like a cover, I don't know if what I'm saying makes makes sense, but we're using like our God and like our prayers as a a cover to exclude other people and not really wrestle with the truth of what Mm -hmm. what we're dealing with in our own lives. You know what I mean? And when God has placed, again, not absent from prayer, not absent from that, not at all, Mm -hmm. um, but God has placed us in a community in the local church for these reasons, specifically these reasons. So we can have these people who... We go to and when we get ashamed to really come to God and lay these things at the feet of him, whatever, they they can uh, compel us, push us and take us with them. Pray with, hey, let's pray about this. Let's put, you know, like I, I really have this big decision to make. And there's some like a lot of times in our decision, it's, it's somewhat obvious, like what the motives and stuff are. Like, well, I think you're no, that's not what I'm doing. Well, you know, let's pray about it. Let's just pray and like, you know, have those people with you to yeah point you back to God. But a lot of times we separate um our like evaluation process with people and our evaluation process with God and God is better and bigger than people. So I don't need people. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. So we come to the, when we come, we join the church, when we become believers, a lot of times we have this idea that it's me, it's personal and we sing songs, you know, which is, it is personal, but it's not at the same time is, and we've been talking about this a lot often is like, I'm the church. And then you get into the, why do I need to go to church stuff, whatever, because I'm the church. No, you're not the church. We're the church. So when you're by yourself and off in la-la land, you're not the church. Mm. You are you. And that's the, and what we begin to convince ourselves. Now, when I come to church, when I join, when I give my, it's me and my Bible, me and my worship songs, me and my this. And so, yeah, we go and we're there physically with the other believers, but then it becomes like we're, we're still separate. We're still isolated. And he's really called us and, and pushed us into community. It's us in our Bibles. It's us in our worship. It's us in our community. And we worship God through all these things. So opening ourselves to, to one another is a very, just, it's, I think it's such an important thing to have, again, strong believers specifically who are able and, 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 and willing. I think people are always willing to speak into someone's life, but uh, like who are capable, like, and when capable, I don't mean qualified on paper. I mean, like, they're really surrendered to God and their, their hearts are really after, you know, they're gospel centered people who, who can speak into our lives and do that stuff. And so I think 
um, we do use God as an excuse a lot of times. And it's not, we're not even talking to God. We're not even evaluating with God. It's, and, and we do that in ministry a lot. Like I've caught myself doing it. It's like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to pray about it. Yeah. I'm not going to talk to many people about it because I already know, you know, you know that they're going to tear you up and they're going to criticize you yeah, yeah. because you know you're wrong. But what, what does it say about what you, the way you see God that you you really think you have yourself fooled that you're going to take this to God Almighty, the creator yeah. of the universe, who is going to like, you know, who has <laughs> like who created you, knows all your thoughts and whatever. So you're not ashamed to take it to him, but you're ashamed to take it to you. It doesn't make mm. any, you know what I mean? It doesn't. Yeah. Because I mean, that's it's uh, people. You can definitely hide behind that because as soon as you say it, the person that you've said it to. If they were to like uh, intrude on it, it, it I, I, like for example, if if let's say I have a problem with anger or something, mm-hmm. and you approach me, you say, "Hey Simon, I think you have a problem with anger," and you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, no, I know, I, I'm working this one through." Yeah, with God. yeah, that's what I was and trying to get. To. All of a sudden, yeah, like, you now can't say, "Well, actually, I think you should work it through with me," because it seems like you're putting yourself higher than than God. Yeah, um, because you could be like, "Okay, but." But equally, you might be like, well, that's great, but you've been working it through with God for two years now exactly. and nothing's changed. And now you so, get mad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think people can definitely hide behind, behind that, uh, that phrase because it kind of just puts a barrier up straight away between you yeah. and the person that you're talking to. And I think that goes through direction and ministry as well. Like, we're looking for direction. And again, because if somebody lives in, you know, Ontario, Canada, they could be my best friend ever, but they don't know what it's like here. So there is, you know, some whatever... But definitely allowing people to, inviting people even to pray and seek God with you for direction of your of your ministry. But again, that's a scary process because there is a chance that the last three years of your life, what you're doing, you're going to go somewhere else. Not go somewhere else physically maybe, but you have to take a complete change from it. Because then there's shame in that. Because you're essentially admitting like, oh yeah, that's not, either I, I missed it or, you know, we always paint it a different way. Like, oh, it's time for a change. God just... You know, we over-spiritualize it or whatever. But there's, there's a chance that when we allow other people in that review process, that it's going to reveal some places that we did miss it. Mm. And then it's also going to be... And so now we have to go back to supporters, which we've, had to, we've done. Mm-hmm. We've had to do that before. Go back to supporters and be like, hey, we're going to take a huge change in, in our ministry, what we're doing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, this just isn't it. This isn't going to work out. And it's, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. And it's it's stupid because people are so like supportive of you mm. and like they they get it. To, for them, some people don't get it, but that's always going to be the case. But like for the most, they're supportive and they get, you know they know you're not just like fooling around or whatever. But it's a very embarrassing thing that you go through to have to like. Again, it shouldn't be, but we so we we try to avoid that. That's, my, that's what I'm trying to say is we try to avoid that embarrassment. So instead of allowing other people to come in because they're going to pressure me to change something that I know is not working, mm. they all know is not working, and definitely God knows is not working. But now at this point, I'm choosing my pride over what's best for the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and, what, and being obedient to him and obedient to him on several levels. One of doing what he's telling me to do, but other in engage, engaging the community and allowing myself to be open and vulnerable to the people who love me with the, you know, in the way that Jesus loves me or from that perspective, at least, and allowing them to be in my life and speak into my life and help me in this process. And so I think it, it comes down to pride, right? Mm-hmm. And so we open we, we open ourselves to allow again, not just any Joe Smo who calls himself I'm a believer. Hey, what do you think my next step in ministry should be? Like you know, no, definitely not. But I mean, if and then if we don't have people who are strong Christians as friends, then that's a problem as well. And we need to reevaluate that area too. Why don't we have who? Well, have we not pursued uh, strong you know Christians, people who are going to pray with us, pray mm-hmm. for us, whatever. Um, why have we not allowed them into our lives and and, and things like that? So I, I guess it just comes down to comfort and pride, right? Mm. On every level. Well, I mean, this has turned into, it started off a practical conversation. It's gone really spiritual. But I think because behind the practical decisions and stuff, I think there, is, there are spiritual roots that are uh, poorly placed a lot of times. Mm. And it's a consistent thing. And it, for me, it just comes back to allowing people to be a part of that. Because if you want the truth, if you want your ministry to really be effective, if you want it to go the right direction... You're bi- you're gonna be biased. You've seen things. You feel a certain way. You're emotional towards, like Red Roots is is. I mean, it's our baby. It's our third child. You know, more or less. And LGA now is our fourth child, right? You know, so you become super protective over this thing, and you don't want to let anybody touch it or whatever. But that's not good. That's not because you, you, you so you see it from a certain perspective, 
And other people, there may come a day where Red Roots needs to die. And so for people to tell us that, now it's literally like somebody telling us our kids need to die. We get offended. No, whatever. But so you need to have people allow, allow people to be a part of that process consistently and open yourself up to, you know, people who, who want the best for you. And, but more than more importantly than what the best for you, they want to see the kingdom of God advanced. And he spe- he's speaking like as an individual who wants the best for you, you need to allow. But even even so, we're a couple. Right. And so a lot of what the, our ministry is, it's just that we do these things together. Right. And that's still, in my opinion, not enough. Uh, no, it because I'm his wife. He's echo my husband. Ch- echo chamber. Yeah, we we can talk. I'm not saying that we're this this ignorant, but there are, it is very possible that we could talk each other into anything sounding like a good idea. Yeah. Um. Uh, thankfully, up until now, it's been like, no, that's that's not a great idea, <laughs> or no, that's no. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know. So we have been okay with making sure that we know when something sounds stupid, but um. But we can't rely on that always being the case, right? We just have to put up safety nets um, in ministry uh, because we know that we're we're sinful. We can be prideful. We can we're not um, excluded from the enemy attacking um, and and sin. Period. You know. Yeah, that's true. So I think well, we got far away from the original, but <laughs> so yeah. So I think. Reviewing and evaluating is something that should be done periodically. You should have key times when you do it, right? That's number one. Mm. No, okay, no, sorry, let's go back. Number one is have goals. <laughs> have long-term, big dreams, absurd, outrageous dreams, but then break that down to very small, obtainable, reachable goals, right? Um, so you, say you, you would say you can't walk from Bolivia to Los Angeles, so if, you, if I say, I'm going to walk to Los Angeles, start walking, seems impossible. But if I say, yeah, okay, I'm going to walk to and break it down, then it's possible. It's possible that way when you break it down. Well, I'm not walking to Los Angeles yet. I'm walking in the direction, but I'm going to this village first, or whatever the next place would be, right? And so it's possible. So breaking it down into having a huge goal, long-term goal, understanding you may not ever see that, breaking it down into uh, short, reachable achievable goals okay that's number one right number number two having um put solid review and evaluation steps uh not steps uh period like every six months what is that like have a period for evaluation and review um and you know i think for everybody it's probably gonna be different but set up different times in your life or in your ministry or whatever three months six six months i think is probably the, the max that but that gives you time to really try stuff too um, soft. I, I, my my personal thing is soft review three months, harder review six months, and hard review one year. Like hard review as in we may shut this down. Like you know, like just like not looking to do that, but being just being open to whatever. Like okay, let me be honest about myself, but also allowing people to be a part of that review process from the beginning, and maybe even the goal process from from the beginning. Live your life in ministry and work and working out in whatever in community live with other people have uh, have other other uh confi- com- confiable is the word i'm thinking of trustworthy trustworthy and trustworthy i don't mean they don't they just won't tell your secrets They're, i'm talking about loyal to god and what god's word says and to really speak that into your life so having those people all throughout your process to be able to speak to be able to listen to you obviously cuz if they don't live here but to really be able to speak truth into your situation and to really be able to uh, and to open yourself to criticism, right? We don't ever have to open ourselves to having fun. It's criticism that we're close to, not fun and encouragement. We never, someone never encourages you, and like, <laughs> like Sam, you're doing such a great job. Beat it, like you know what I mean. That never happens. It's always when somebody's like, man, I don't think you're doing a good job. Man, get out of here, you know. So opening ourselves to um, criticisms, but not just criticism, like constructive criticism, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Really, which is really growth, but that's a different thing. And allowing them to be a part of the process and opening ourselves. And really, the biggest practice, I guess, is, is staying open and communicating with the people around us and kind of being like, because it's, it's hesitant, right? Like, you, you feel like, uh, I don't know what they're going to say. I don't, but definitely opening yourself like that. And obviously, the biggest thing of all is, is to stay prayerful through not just every three months, not every six months, but stay prayerful through the whole thing. 
and allow God to show you and speak to you about the steps you're supposed to take or decisions you should be making and stuff like that. Because even though community is good and stuff like that, super helpful, I think it can't be done apart from prayer, not in place of definitely, but apart from prayer, we definitely, you know, we, we seek God's will in this, but we also open ourselves up and tell people what we're praying about and we're completely honest about it. So I think, and being, just being open to change. If it comes, it comes, you know, like not just naturally, but if it's time for change, just make, take the steps to make a change, you know, and making the biggest goal, the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of Ramon or Simon or Melinda or who, you know, whoever, make it God's kingdom and, and his, uh, the coming of his kingdom, make that the priority and not like just the project that I want to do. They should be, they, it should feed into the coming of God's kingdom, but sometimes we can get away from that and be open to being wrong and missing it. And. Yeah, that's what I got. Is that a good, good summary? summary? I was thinking resume. I was too. I was like, good resummary. Resummary. So, yeah, we good? Mm-hmm. So, we're having pizza for lunch, hopefully. What, what was that? that was it a was a whoop. <laughs> oh, so you did you did a music cover real quick before you did a music cover. Uh, what was it called? Um, a cover. Cover. A uh, cover. worship cover. Mm-hmm. That's coming out tomorrow. Oh, is it Wednesday? Yeah, that's what Rudy said. Oh, okay. I'm good. I'm good. I just didn't know. Oh, he's excited. That's why it's coming out. Because I thought it was Friday that it was supposed to come out. It was out. supposed to be Friday. He's, he can't wait. He knows what I'm saying. His smile on his face. So, yeah. Okay. You excited about that? Yeah. Are you satisfied with the way it came out? I am. I'm a lot more satisfied than I thought I would be. Everybody's going to hear. Everybody that hears the podcast is going to hear this. You good with it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you just got less confidence. <laughs> I was just testing your level of confidence. So yeah, we've been working on that stuff. You're working on the Devo. Yes. How's that going? Good. All right. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going well. No, it's going well. Yeah, yeah. Good, no, good, good. Did you ever see the show? Like, uh, I think it's like some amount of questions with in a celebrity would be like. 100 questions with 80 oh, questions Oh, yeah, yeah, 70 or whatever. You can Get do that through. with Simon in literally 30 seconds. <laughs> How did you do 90 questions in 30 seconds? Yeah. <laughs> oh, guys. Yeah, so good. We, we're doing, we, we have our TikTok. Our TikTok account is doing well. The worst, what I felt like was the worst video is the one that, like, on, on the scale for us, it blew up. Not for anybody else. It's like a thousand views. So it's not. I'm like, you went viral, Ramon. It's like, like a thousand well, views. We got a thousand views. It's like 250 <laughs> likes and a thousand views. That is worldwide. <laughs> one person in every country in Africa. Like, you know. <laughs> and so, no. So that's going, but it, we're growing the platform. And there's a lot of people, like, uh, interacting now. You see more comments and stuff like that. That's, that's been fun. Mm. It's fun to develop and, and build stuff. So. Yeah, we didn't work. You said there have been comments, but people are just like writing amen. <laughs> but that's no, the comments. That's what I'm saying. They're, literally, it says comment. And Facebook, if somebody says amen, it says leave a comment. I know, but it's amen. just funny that almost every comment says amen. Like, we're predictable as Christians. <laughs> I mean, one said thank you. Oh, I don't know. Amen. amen. It said amen five times, and the last one said thank you. <laughs> it, it was weird. It was like they all knew each other. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> like creating ghost accounts and comment like stuff. No, it's been it's been fun. So today in the afternoon we're working on the Devo we got right there. Um, it's called In the Storm, In the Midst of the Storm, or something like that in Spanish. Anyways, so I feel like it's going good. It's going slower than what I thought, but it's going. It's it's. I think it's going to come out pretty decent. And uh, we're learning a lot. I think I think it's a lot easier to do it by yourself. But I think it's more thorough when you do it with other people, mm-hmm. um, especially when you don't have like a specific like there's not this is this like you're doing the characteristics of God, mm-hmm. which is hard, but it is they are what they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so you can come, you know, well, with this, it's more like a suffering. It's a bigger thing. Like, OK, what angle do we want it? So it's been fun. So we've been working, getting our getting our stuff going and mm-hmm. yeah, moving right along. So. Be on the lookout on our Facebook and stuff for Melinda's cover tomorrow. Melinda and Rudy, they do it tomorrow, and then, yeah, you'll see that. Because the thing is, in Spanish, even though it's in Spanish, people will still enjoy music. Like, you know what I mean? Because you, you can still hear talent, and, like, you can hear, like, what's going on, even though you don't understand the words. When I'm talking on the videos, like, the people that listen to this podcast, they don't... They don't know what I'm saying. You know what well, I mean? Well, your so Aunt like, Mary shared it, and she had no clue what you were saying. Because she's my Aunt Mary. And then I think you have an uncle or cousin that shares... Yourself? Yeah, but that's he's not a Christian. He shares it because 
he's like a guy that encourages like getting out of our norms and stuff like that. He lives in England, I think. And so I think he's just proud that he has a family member that like, speaks Spanish. Like, so he's just like supportive and, you know, shares it, whatever. Cause I don't think, I don't think he's a believer. He may be, I don't know, but I don't think he's a believer. Um, so yeah, so yeah, that's that. But those are, they're always going to support it. That's not, I don't, I'm grateful for it, but I don't count that as, you know what I mean? Like, and whatever. So I'm just saying it is entertaining to see a black man who didn't, wasn't born raising, uh, wasn't raised speaking Spanish, speaking Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's entertaining. <laughs> so my friends and stuff, like they were sharing in the beginning, but then it's like every week. And so what, like, what are you going to, you're sharing something you don't know what I'm talking about every week, you know? And so like, you know, I get it. So it's cool. It's fun. It's been fun. It's this time we've been challenged and, you know, definitely have grown in a space that we didn't think we would have. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I don't. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for today. I don't know how long we went. We, I think we went a long oh. time. All good. Um, yeah. Well, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your, uh, I don't know, participation. And listening ear in these conversations, I don't know what else to say. So have a great week. Provecho.